The English language is an amazing thing. Take the word laughter and add an S to the beginning, and it's slaughter. The power of words is our topic today on The Dwelling Place. Gossips, it is when people discuss a matter or a person, but they are not, nor do they desire to be a part of the solution, but continue to maliciously talk about others for the purpose of harming them. Someone once said in regards to a gossip, (laughs) that a gossip, a person, is a person who will never tell a lie if the truth will do more damage. (laughs) Watch your tongue. Dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place, you are mine. Dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place. Have you ever heard the saying, His silence made people think him a fool until he opened his mouth and confirmed their suspicions? Today on The Dwelling Place, as we return to our study of James, we'll be reminded of the power of words. They have the power to motivate millions of people to hang tough in a difficult situation, and they have the ability to cut a person to ribbons. The human tongue weighs just a few ounces, yet it is capable of extraordinary good or evil. Pastor Al Pittman is our teacher. He'll show us what James has to say on the subject of the unbridled tongue. James chapter 3 in the New Testament. I've entitled this message today, Taming the Untamable. You know, the book of James is really a book of uh, how-to discipleship. Uh, it's, it's intense. I was just thinking about it. You know, some of these topics, topics that we've talked about, you know, uh, trials and temptation and, and different things and partiality and racism and all these things that James addresses here. Uh, I mean, he really just gives it to us straight. It's uncut. And, uh, you know, I was reading the other day and I thought, man, James, lighten up. But man, he, he doesn't, he doesn't cut us any slack. He just gives it to us straight. And once again, here in chapter three, he does that. As he talks about and draws the attention of his audience to that small yet powerful member which we all physically possess called the tongue. All right, don't get quiet on me today. Amen. But this, he, I mean, he goes for it here. And so we're going to look at chapter 3, all of chapter 3 today. In fact, James tells us in regards to the tongue, it's such an important message because in chapter 1, verse 26, he says that if left unchecked, the tongue can render your witness for the Lord useless. In verse 26 of James chapter 1, we read, If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Wow. I mean, this is one of those messages that convicts all of us. Amen? Let's just be, let's just be straight up about it. <laughs> and yet we desperately need this perspective. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, he said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So true. Begins with the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And James, just like Jesus, understood something that was very important in our witness for the Lord. And that is this, as someone once said, that the tongue is the ambassador of the heart. The tongue tells you who you really represent. Amen. And James understood that if Satan can influence our hearts, he can control our tongue, and thereby, here's the end game, distort the message of the gospel and and cause confusion, disorientate people in relationship to the gospel and condemn people. 
That's why the devil wants to have control of your tongue. James begins here in his exhortation regarding the tongue by first shining the spotlight on those would-be teachers and preachers of the Word of God. And so we read in verse 1, James chapter 3, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. A lot of people aspire or want to be behind the pulpit. They think, oh, that's kind of cool, Pastor Al's up there, people are listening, and oh, and they have sort of a, uh, you know, a longing for a position where they just want to get up in front of people and teach the Bible so they can be admired by people. And all this. Let me tell you, this position comes with a heavy price, a very heavy price. And James said, those who teach the word and preach the word will suffer a stricter judgment. Why? Because the Bible tells us in Psalm 138, verse 2, that God, he magnifies his word above his own name. His word is very important to him, and he magnifies his word, honors his word even above his own name. Powerful words and a powerful reminder. And those who teach the word and preach the word need to keep that in mind. Second Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy and says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. And I believe messages that are laced with politics, that are laced with the latest uh, philosophies of our world, that is laced with political correctness, are babblings in the sight of God. Only the message that is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the unadulterated word of God, is the truth of God. And that's what we ought to proclaim correctly. Amen. Rightly dividing the word of truth into so many charlatans are in the pulpit today who use the word for their own advantage and they will stand before God and give an account. 1 Peter 4.12 tells us if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. I wear upon my shoulders and it's not a, a burdensome thing where it weighs me down or worries me, but a responsibility that I know that every sermon that I've ever preached will be judged by God. Not by man, but by God. That I have to give an account for every word that has come from these lips to this congregation. Wherever I have taught the word is a heavy responsibility. Don't many of you seek to be teachers and preachers for you will suffer a stricter judgment. Next, James points out that the dangers of the untamed or unbridled tongue. Verse 2, he says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. He gives us another example. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by the very small, by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. And even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a force a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, he says. Here's another illustration of the tongue. It's a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. As the bit turns the whole horse, so the tongue can defile the whole body. 
and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. James is not holding back. Amen. As the old saying goes, better a bridle on the tongue than a lash upon the conscience. How many times we have said things that we have regretted. Self-control really begins in the heart, but is manifested on the lips. And James says here in verse 2 that the man who's able to control his words and to measure his words is a perfect man. The word perfect means completeness in character, completeness in character, in maturity, mentally and morally. And you could say that an out-of-control mouth or out-of-control tongue is evidence of an out-of-control life. An out-of-control tongue is, can be evidence of an out-of-control life. James describes in verses uh, 5 and 6, the latter part of verse 5 and then verse 6, uh, the tongue is like a fire. It's, it, and he talks about it, it can burn down an entire force. And, and uh, in another, other words, I think James could, uh, is talking about somebody who may have hot lips, you know what I mean? I mean... I'm talking uh, someone whose lips are on fire, who can't help but, you know, spread gossip. Amen. And a lot of times I think of the firemen, the guys who fight forest fires and, and all of that, and they have this to, to, to uh, fight the fire. They will burn off an area so that when the fire approaches that area, gets to that area, and, and it's, it's all charred, that the fire will run out of steam, run out of fuel, and it will kind of burn itself out. But the guy runs around with that canister. You've seen the guy on TV has a little flame on the end of it. It looks like a little oil, oil can or something. And he's just lighting fires, lighting fires, you know, burning off the, the you know, the, the vegetation so that when the fire reaches that point, it will burn itself out. But I think sometimes people come to church like that with oil cans, a little flame on the end of it, lighting fires, talking about people over here. Oh, I don't think they heard it. Let me go over here and light a little fire there. And down the street, I'm done. I've got my oil can out, you know, lighting fires, starting fires wherever they go. And James says that fire is from the very pit of hell, a gossip. Gossips, there's a lot of different, different definitions, but here's one I think that kind of sums it up. It is when people discuss a matter or a person, but they are not, nor do they desire to be a part of the solution but continue to maliciously talk about others for the purpose of harming them. Someone once said in regards to a gossip, <laughs> that a gossip, a person, is a person who will never tell a lie if the truth would do more damage. <laughs> Watch your tongue. The unbridled tongue, James says, has two basic characteristics. Two basic or two primary characteristics. Number one, it defiles. He says that in verse 6. It defiles the whole body. Defiles the whole body. Pastor Al will be back in a moment with the conclusion of today's message in James chapter 3. On behalf of Pastor Al, I would like to ask you to consider becoming a financial partner with us. Your consistent financial support enables us to keep this radio ministry moving forward. To make a one-time donation or to become a monthly supporter, just go to cwccs.org or text the word GIVE to 719-354-2778. And on behalf of Pastor Al, thanks for your support, both through donation and through prayer. Now with the conclusion of today's message titled, Taming the Untamable, here's our teacher, Pastor Al Pittman. 
Now, it defiles the person that you're aiming to defile, but it also does something else, as I'll mention here in just a moment. But the word defiles is from the Greek word spiloo, and it means to stain the soil, defect, and disgrace. You can stain, stain uh, uh, soil and defect, disgrace the, the character of somebody else by talking about them, spreading malicious gossip. But he says it defiles the whole body. I believe James probably also had in mind here the body of Christ. Do you know that when you gossip and, and complain about one another and, and spread all kind of rumors around about one another, when we do that in the church, that we are actually spitting on the body of Jesus Christ? He says you defile and disgrace the body, the church, because you and I are a part of what? The body of Christ. And for me to maliciously gossip about another brother or sister in Christ is to defile the body of Jesus, the church. That's how serious this is. I know we don't, we don't hear that a lot, but that's what you're doing. That's what we're doing when we engage in that type of behavior. The unbridled tongue will defile the church. The unbridled tongue, secondly, James make it, makes it very clear here, is inspired by hell. <laughs> inspired by hell. We live in a narcissistic society today. It used to be a long time ago, you had to get a bunch of folks together and then talk about you. But now you don't even have to do that. You can just tweet it. You can text it. You can email it. You can, you can go on Facebook. We have a whole generation don't know how to talk to people. And when we get mad about something, we go on Facebook and start slamming folks. Christians ought not to be doing that. Amen. It is gossip. It's malicious. It is inspired, James says here, by hell. So you are a partner with hell when you go on Facebook and start slamming folks. Because that comes, you got to understand, you know, the, the, where's this thing coming from? Well, it's interesting that we go online and all of this to demean people over the airways. And the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, that the devil is the prince and the power of the air. Did you know that? All this garbage going back and forth from the internet, online, tweeting, all this, the devil is in charge of all of it. He's the prince of the power of the air. And we're in league with him when we engage in that kind of behavior. And by the way, he is the accuser of the brethren. The accuser of the brethren, Revelations 12.10. And he's accusing us before God day and night. He's been up there just, you know, <laughs> before God, you know, saying, why don't you get rid of Al Pittman? Remember, he went before God in the book of Job. Did he not? And don't think he's not up there saying, you just need to get rid of that boy. He ain't, he's not worth it. He, he, did, he, did, he messed up again. Did you hear what he said? But he, and then that doesn't work because we're covered by the blood. So then he comes down and he starts accusing each other. And he's over there in your ear going, look at what he's doing. And then he runs over to the other person and says, look at what they're doing. And then we start looking at each other instead of looking to Jesus. You see, 
He's the accuser of the brother. If you have an accusation against a brother or sister in Christ, here, spoiler alert, guess where it's coming from? The devil. If it's an accusation, listen, against a brother or sister in Christ, it's a nasty comment. It's something you're entertaining that's, that's, that's nasty, that's demeaning to them. It did not come from the Holy Ghost. Amen? I mean, Christians would sit around and they were, you had a guy tell me, he sent me a nasty letter one time. And the thing that frightened me about, not that he didn't, you know, agree with me or he was slamming me or whatever, because you can't please everybody. And Jesus said, be careful when all, all men speak well of you. But what frightened me was that he said he prayed about it before he wrote the letter. Really. And we can do that as Christians. We can be in prayer, be on the prayer team, be fasting and praying, feel with the Holy Ghost, (laughs) and just be nasty toward people. How does that happen? Well, James is going to tell us here in a minute. Amen. Proverbs 10, 19 says, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. The unbridled tongue is the opposite of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control. Galatians 5.23. Self-control. Christ just called us to be bridled by the Spirit of God. What the world desperately needs, let me say it this way, what the world desperately needs is not a peace of my mind, but a mind that's controlled by the peace of God. No, they just need a piece of my, I'm going to give them a piece of my, that's the last thing people need, last thing your wife needs, last thing your husband needs. What they need is a mind controlled by his peace that can bring glory to God. James will talk about that here in a little bit as well. We need to have our tongues bridled by the Holy Spirit, not inspired by hell. Someone put it this way more simply. They said, you know what? A closed mouth gathers no foot. Amen. 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 Listen, this is, a, this is a tough subject for me because I like to talk and I like to be right. My wife will tell you. And there's a lot of times I've eaten a, a lot of foot. <laughs> and I've learned over the years, and I'm getting better at it, I think, to just be quiet. You don't have to have a comeback for everything. You don't have to always explain yourself. You don't have to have an answer for everybody, you know, solve every problem. Sometimes you just need to close your mouth and listen. A closed mouth gathers the foot. And there's a lot of times in my life where I've wanted to say something. I just, boy, waiting for an opening in the conversation. I'm going to just, and the Lord said, no, shut up. And I won't say anything. And then. I walk away and I go, praise God, I didn't say anything. You know, you see the wisdom in it after you walk away. See, when you're in the heat of it, you're like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Y'all hyped up and, you know, ready, you know, go for it. And, you know, you got good comebacks and all this kind of stuff. And, and uh, but then, you know, when, when you're quiet and stuff and that person is ranting and raving or whatever, and you go, okay, all right, duly noted. And you walk away, you go, thank God. Because that thing could have escalated. You know, and there's a lot of people, unfortunately, sitting in jail in Canyon City today because it escalated. And they ended up in a situation they never thought they'd be in. Closed mouth gathers no foot. James continues in his (laughs) lesson here and reminds us in verses 7 to 10 that 
of our inability to tame the tongue. Mankind cannot tame the tongue because mankind can't change his own heart. Only God can change the heart. And so what we see here in verse 7, he says, For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. You know, we, you know, we go to SeaWorld to see animals tamed and zoos and circus and all this. And he says but in verse 8, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless God, listen to this, we bless God and Father, and with it we curse men, the same tongue, who have been made in the similitude of God, made in the image of God. Out of the same mouth proceed Blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a, Let me just keep reading here. Verse 11. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt, water, and fresh. Amen. Now, verse 9 says, you know, out of the same mouth comes, we're blessing God and we're cursing others. Verse 9, I, I, and honestly, I think we probably have all been guilty of that at one time or another. And when we find it coming out of the same faucet, blessing and cursing, this is how we ought to respond, I believe. We find it in the text. Number one, two things we ought to do. Number one is understand that this is not the norm. See, some people live that way as a Christian talking about folks and bitter and uh, uh, salt water and fresh water coming out of the same faucet and, and all of this. And, and they think that's the norm. It's not the norm. James tells us here in verse 10, the latter part, he says, my brethren, these things ought not to be so. It is not the norm. So what does that tell me? If it's not the norm, then it's sin. I'm sinning in that very moment and I should repent. Well, you know, he made me mad. Nobody makes you mad. You get mad because you want to be. You know, <laughs> my old saying was, you know, I can't, you can't make me do anything. You know, we, we get mad because we, we, we want to be mad. So stop using that excuse. It's, it's somebody else. No. And then you, we, we said, oh, well, this is just the way it is. No, it's not the norm to have, to have uh, bitterness and sweet water coming out of the same faucet. This has been The Dwelling Place with pastor and author Al Pittman and a message from Al's series through the book of Acts. If you'd like to hear this message again, you can listen, watch, or download with a simple click. Just go to cwccs.org and click the Messages tab at the top of the page. And while you're checking out our website, be sure to download the Calvary Worship Center app for your device and take Pastor Al wherever you go. The Dwelling Place is also available at oneplace.com. And I would also like to ask you to take a few moments today to send Pastor Al an email and let him know that you enjoy The Dwelling Place on this station. That would be a great encouragement to Pastor Al and all of us here at The Dwelling Place. You can also share a prayer request with us, and we'll count it a privilege to pray for you. Just send an email to amen at cwccs.org. Let me also remind you in closing that The Dwelling Place is a listener-supported outreach. We count on your support to keep this radio ministry going and growing. If you'd like to join our support team with a one-time gift or on a regular monthly basis, 
you can do so at our website, cwccs.org, or by texting the word GIVE to 719-354-2778. If you live in the Colorado Springs area and are looking for a church home, or you'll be visiting the area in the future, we invite you to come join us for worship here at Calvary Worship Center. You'll find directions and more information at cwccs.org. And no matter where you are, you can watch our services via live streaming right there at our website. Have a wonderful day in the Lord and join us for another study in Acts next time on The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman. Presented by Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado.